0: Welcome to the Solo Venture Podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this. If you could do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe or follow button, we'll work tirelessly to make the show better and expand production as we want to share the best info and best experiences to inspire your journey to solopreneurship. That is the only favor we'll ever ask of you. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show. What are those lizards called? Chameleons or whatever? Like, it doesn't matter what room I'm in. My goddamn face always turns the color of like whatever the... (laughs) thing is behind me like it's all i noticed until
1: you said now I, I can see it
0: yeah oh man well thanks for jumping on dude i know uh i know you got a lot more going on than
2: we do these days yeah it was a busy week i would say i was trying to yeah. play a little catch up and um you know got some calls and things like that but yeah man yeah. happy to be yeah, here I thanks for having it. me it's
1: fucking great great to have you
2: yeah like who would have
0: thought like if you if you would have gone back like 18 months ago when we're just like communicating over email and catching up on messenger and like, you know, like, have you, have you finished your emails this week? You know, like all those little things when you were pestering us about outreach and everything else, who would have thought that a, a shit, I mean, a year and a half, if that later, we're all sitting here having a conversation on a professionally
2: run show. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> be amazing.
2: I love the growth guys. I love the growth. And it's, yeah, it's, it's always like wild to see, I think you know from like all different perspectives you know me as the group owner and you guys seeing y'all grow and then um you know got people who joined even after you guys like you know the stuff that the people are working on nowadays it's just like yeah blows my mind and you know just super grateful y'all gave me a chance to to teach all and uh show you all the ropes and so
0: It's good to see you. Like we've uh, we've all known each other now for a couple of years. Uh, I started. Reese and I actually both met uh, in your program. Uh, Shit, I don't know. We've been doing this for about six months, so probably within a year. Um, I think I was one of the first people to sign up for your for the Nomadic Copywriter, which seems like an eternity ago, but in a good way, you know, because so much has happened since then, and uh, it's it's been real nice to not only. Uh, get my own success out of that but I've uh, been able to reach back into the group and and pull some others out of there also so anyway it's it's good to see you man it's our first time that three of us have been on a uh, a podcast or a video together talking and it's good to reconnect it's kind of like a little reunion so it's good to have you on I guess uh like most people know your story uh and everything like that and we all have similar backgrounds in the sense that um you know we've we've had our days we we're, we're drinking heavy and partying heavy uh me down in miami Reese over in Brighton or wherever, wherever over there, those Brits party. Uh, and then uh, I know you had your own story a little bit. So anyway, without without going through like the whole things that have already been said elsewhere, I,
2: you just want to give yourself a little short introduction and, and kind of we'll take it from there. Yeah, for sure. And thanks for having me on here so much, fellas. And yeah, it's been great to see y'all grow. And yeah, Lee, I think you were actually like, Copywriter, like number one or two or three in the program, who said, I'm in. So, um, yeah, it's wild to see y'all's journey, and it's cool that you guys are collaborating. But, um, yeah, um, in terms of intros, like I'm Francis, Francis Nyan, of course. I'm uh, originally from Memphis. i um, currently traveling around right now, so I don't really have a base. And so, um, I'm a freelance email copywriter and marketer, and also a freelance business coach. Um, I run a program called the Nomadic Copywriter, which is all about um, writing and building. Um, email list and becoming an email marketer and working to freedom and so uh, I'm very passionate about that of like uh, the whole idea of like you know this four-hour work week or four-hour work day whichever you want to do the whole point is like you work um, what you want and you live a life that you want to and so um, I'm a big big like freedom supremacist basically because you know as you Lee like alluded to a little bit is like um, almost a decade ago, I had like the least freedom lifestyle ever. I was, um, addicted to, to opiates and, uh, you know, mainly like, heroin and, and Dilaudid, And I was, had like a really bad hundred, 200, 300 day, uh, per day habit. And so it was a true like disease, and, you know, prison being me mentally. And, you know, it was, um, just a horrible thing. Addiction is, you know, just. Literally, like I wouldn't want to, you know, wish that on my worst enemy, and um, you know, really anyone. And so, um, but you know, I it was something that I, I dealt with for for a few years, and it kind of built up. And you know, during that time, um, strangely, I still had this idea of like I want to be a writer. You know, I want to travel the world. You know, I still even remember I was sitting in like West Memphis, West Memphis, Arkansas, and I was with like my running partner, which is like what we call somebody in like the the addict community of like somebody who we do drugs with and like we hustle and get money together with and we were with a drug dealer in West Memphis and i remember i was sitting in this horrible gas station like right by the bridge and this drug dealer was just like i don't know we we're having small talk i think and he was like um you know what y'all doing like what are y'all trying to do out here and he was like are y'all in school like what not and i i forgot how we'd gone to the conversation but i pretty much said like i want he's like i i want to be a writer and i want to travel around Europe you know and this was like years ago this was like 2013 maybe maybe 10 years ago now and so i re- this whole idea of writing and living and traveling abroad has like always been on my mind um, and so in october 2014 i had my overdose where I like nearly died i was in the hospital for like 2 weeks um, and then i got clean you know i went back home to memphis where i had to do my recovery and I didn't go to rehab because I actually had a choice. Uh, my mom, who works in like uh, addiction recovery, she was like, "You can go to rehab, or you can just stay at home." But if you stay at home, there's going to be like crazy restrictions. Um, and she was like, "You can only be at home, the gym, and work if you get a job." And so, um, <laughs> stayed at home. I uh, worked out a lot, and I got fired from like two jobs because I uh, I just <laughs> I wasn't good, you know, mentally. But uh, during that time, I did end up. Um, getting my teaching certification which like nine months after my overdose i ended up moving to barcelona um taught for a year in barcelona and you know i was halfway towards my dream of living and traveling in europe Um, and then moved to budapest hungary um to teach and there after a year and a half i found copywriting um started landing clients slowly um and yeah about 100 150 200 clients and millions of words written. Um, Here we are right now, um, still writing copy. And now I've had the privilege of um, coaching and mentoring like great people like recently here. And y'all, you know, it's just, it's been amazing. So um, yeah, that's me in a good three and a half minute nutshell. Yeah,
0: no, I appreciate the transparency and honesty there. I know it's, you know, I know you've told the story before, but it's still, it's not, uh, not the easiest thing to get on a recording and talk about all that stuff. And I, we do have to recognize too, that that type of addiction, as most people know, is like that, not many people come out of that. Like not many people recover or are able to get clean. And it's even a smaller percentage that are able to go on and, you know, be productive and, and live a healthy life. So, so congratulations mm-hmm. to you on that. I don't know if I've said it before, but that's no small feat, my friend. So, uh, but yeah, that we, um, Reese and I, I think I joined the program uh, about a year and a half ago. Like I mentioned, um, I'd heard you on another podcast. It was actually uh, Kristen Wilson's podcast and, um, you know, jumped in, started learning, uh, you know, it, you gave me the push that I needed because I was I was a part of a couple other programs that are very good, uh, but I just, it wasn't relatable. You know what I mean? Cause, because we had similar, you know, party backgrounds in the sense that uh, I was just living like, one week at a time and didn't hit me out. Like I had thoughts in my heads of things I wanted to do, but I was like, Oh, how much can I work this week to make enough money? So I can fucking blow it on the weekend, <laughs> you know, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> so it, it, uh, it, yeah, I know, you know, the feeling. So that really, that really set me on track and uh, man, what a trajectory though. I mean, if you know, it, and we'll encourage people to check out the nomadic copywriter, new program uh, with the show notes and everything. But, and then Reece and I met uh, through there and we just had a random idea to Start up all this stuff, but anyway, enough about us. Uh,
2: so you're now where are you located at the moment? Well, I'm I'm actually back in Budapest. Um, I moved away from from Budapest like just a year ago. Um, I tried my shot at living in Portugal, um, and it was all right. It just wasn't really my vibe, and I wanted out. And so now I'm like actually fully nomadic with um, no real base. I'm working
1: on that hopefully, but yeah, I'm back in Hungary um, for the next few days. How's that felt? Because A lot of people go out they start off not having a base and then they they do find something they want to kind of settle for a little bit how is it being back out on the road so to speak
2: i mean for me it's 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 not so it's it's definitely different you know like when you have a base whether it's uh whether you're an expat and you're in another country or um you know it's just your home country like you know my case the u.s it's it's kind of nice i would say it's there is a comfort in that of being like, oh, I have a home base. I have an address. Like if somebody wants to mail me something, um, you know, there's, you know, a place that you can go to. Um, Right now with not really having one, it does feel a little bit strange. You know, it feels a little freeing because now I can literally go anywhere and, um, you know, money is good. And so it's like, if that's exciting, um, I think there's definitely pros and cons to it. Um, I think to be honest, I would prefer a base just because it's like, um with things being mailed to me or like uh i want like these paid newsletters and they're like oh where should we send it and i'm like oh, i actually don't know um like little things like that it's kind of like oh actually it'd be nice to have like a home base. So you know what i mean but um overall it's a good you know I'm, i um uh, i'm comfortable with my girlfriend and yeah we're just staying in places that you know we really enjoy um And after a few years of traveling and being abroad, it's like, you know, we know our style of travel. We know the places we like to
1: be. So, yeah, it's not bad. Still loving it. Are you, um, as you're going around, are you, like, scouting places out for future bases? Or Yeah, for sure. For sure.
2: I mean, because uh, with all of the rules, you know, as, like, a U.S. citizen of, like, you know, where you can stay and how long, we always have to be a little cognizant of, like, um, you know, how many days I'm in Europe, for example, or is my Portuguese residency like still active, which like surprisingly it is. Um, and so we are like doing a lot of scouting of like, you know, where do we want to be in November and how do those plans in November affect plans for February? Um, and then, you know, how would that affect any potential like um, residency processes, you know? And so like right now I'm looking at Spain. So like um, now it's we're thinking about like, well, should we stay longer in, in Europe past like these next 45 days or should we bounce to Argentina? So we are like scouting a whole lot. And they're like, there are places that we, we want to go to again. Like we'd love to go back to Thailand. So we're already looking at places there. But um, yeah, I mean, we are like definitely planning ahead. And it's fun. It's fun to do. And um, it's good. To, it's cool to imagine like what life could be in just a few months from now. 100%.
1: I mean, you've, you've had tons of success, which we'll, we'll definitely get into. Um, has that adjusted how you look at different locations? Like, are you like, do you find yourself like on Airbnb and be like, oh, I just like, add, like push the filter off a little bit more because now that's, that's kind of feasible, or is it kind of not really changed? Uh, surprisingly, it's only changed like recently.
2: So it's almost like that idea of like breaking the seal. You know, um, of like once you cross that barrier, it's like you extend it more. So to be honest, even though that I made really good money as a copywriter, and then like combine that with like um, you know the revenue from the program and my, my digital products, like I was honestly still living pretty simply. Like I wasn't staying in like these these mansion Airbnbs or like or anything like that. It was essentially places that just had like a living room, a bedroom, and like a nice kitchen. You know, it wasn't. Um, this, like, extravagant place, you know? Um, <laughs> and so why I say recently is because, you know, we had spent a month in Atlanta, Georgia. And so, um, of course, like, the U.S. is a lot more expensive than, like, Hungary or, you know, Thailand or something like that. And so we we rented a house for a month in Atlanta where it was several thousand. Um, and it was a good place, but it was definitely the most I've ever spent on, a, on an Airbnb. And so now it's like, ah, oh, well spent that much. So let's look at the other places. And now, yeah, let's move that little needle a little bit more. And so, um, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm somebody who is like really like simple. And I've also noticed that like, the nicer the place, the more likely you're just going to stay in that accommodation, you're not going to like explore, you know, and so um, I think having the basics for me, like keeps me comfortable, keeps me happy. But then I'm also like, all right, well, it's not comfortable enough to where like, I'm just going to stay here for like six days straight, like chilling on a couch. chilling on a couch. I've done that before. I did that in Thailand. And I was like, you know, am I in Thailand or am I just at, the res- at this resort? You know what I mean? So it hasn't changed yeah. too much.
0: Yeah. There's something to be said about like, I'm in a tiny spot now in Lakeland, Florida. And I just had this conversation the other day because it's the size of a hotel room. There's two of us in there. I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause we took, we, me and my girlfriend got on there. We took one look around and we're like, we can't. Be in here together all the time you know and it actually forced me to come to this co-working spot where i'm at now and it's like you know because i have that bad habit too like oh uh there's an Air- airbnb with a pool or whatever or a hotel with oh, a yeah. pool i'm gonna stay there and then i never see anything because i'm mm-hmm. it's always i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it the next day i'll do it the next day um so how is that have you been traveling with her it's been quite a while now right the two of you've been like traveling around together
2: yeah yeah you know we were my girlfriend and i we were traveling together like uh, like years before, like even when I wasn't, when I was like, just like an agency writer, I just had like one client. And so, you know, we would take like four or five day trips here and there. Um, and so, yeah, like it's, it's been nice to, to do that. And then, you know, as you said, like being in a place that is like very baller, it's like, you want to take advantage of it because you, you know, you likely also paid a lot for it um and so yeah when we were in thailand we stayed in a resort and like i barely left the place it was like there's a pool here there's a gym like this table in the kitchen is big enough for us to work so no no reason for a co-working space um you know it's like oh they got food delivery apps here like screw it like let's just get the food over yeah. you know just bring the food to me you know um and so yeah now it's like we, we like to keep it simple and you know it's still simple like even right now this uh, the place we're staying at it's just
1: it reminds me of uh, like one of our first places together. How has it been? So you has been a relationship the whole time. So how, how is your kind of trajectory after, over the last couple of years? Like been? because it, it is a huge trajectory. And obviously I, I'm assuming that um, you went together way back in the day um, with the addiction, but post that. So I'm guessing that was always part of your story, but then your partner seen you go from like starting the copywriting to, to now. Like, how has that kind of been in the relationship?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's been really interesting.
1: You know what I mean? I mean,
2: we only, We've only been together for like a few years, but she was there when I was somewhat, I think, I think I was only a year into copywriting. And so she's seen me kind of grow from like, um, just somebody who was like kind of struggling, um, trying to get clients to now where it's like, <clears throat> I understand how to get clients. I know how to keep them. I know how much to charge, um, and everything's pretty good. So, yeah, I know for her, she's been like really proud of me because she saw me as that guy who was like, you know, if I got a client and I was getting paid like thirty dollars to write an email, I was like, oh, I'm I'm crushing it, you know what I mean? And so, and to go from that to being like, you know, paid four thousand dollars to write four emails for like, uh, you know, a, a welcome sequence or something like that, like, <clears throat> yeah, it's been one hell of a journey. And you know, she's even now. Um, part of my company, part of my business. She's she works as an assistant and is is also a ghostwriter herself. So for some of my clients, she actually writes for them. Um, and she's actually a really good writer, you know. And she's not a native um, English speaker, but um, she is like like a very skilled and like excellent copywriter, um, email copywriter. So yeah, it's been it's been really cool to go from um, you know this before and after kind of transformation, and then also seeing hers um, as well. Speaking of all of that, uh, let's get into, I guess, uh,
0: so you started off with a nomadic copywriter and you, and and I love the way you did this and we can get into some detail, but it, you started off with that, you put the word out, you, you did one of your hand raisers um, and you kind of just opened the program up just to see who would be interested. And then uh, what I what I liked about the way you handled that is you kind of built it as we went, like we were kind of building as we were going. And I remember telling my girlfriend at the, at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah. This guy Francis is pretty cool. Like he's he's relatable to me. Uh, I, I want to learn from him, and we just jump into these calls. And he's got a Google Doc, and he's scrolling down a Google Doc. And at the time, that that was like the big couple of years ago when the the course thing was really huge, and everybody was doing all this fancy shit. You know, I was yeah. like, and this guy's it's smart. You know, he's he's building as we go, and we're learning as we go. But so that started at, um, a couple of years. What was like
2: February? I forget. We don't have to. I think it was like March. I think March was March. Like when we officially started. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And how was the, like the, the trajectory of that? Uh, I mean, as a, as a student, uh, obviously, I see the group growing and everything else and interacting. Uh, but like the trajectory of that, like, could you kind of like, what was it like to start that off? And at what point did you know that it was going to work? Like, how was that mindset, like, from start to the the point where you were like, this is actually going to be feasible?
2: Yeah, and so. I started the group basically because I was kind of I was getting tired of of client work you know I was just onboarding and offboarding clients and um, you know and the pay was all right but I was getting kind of bored you know I wanted to add something to it and so um, but I didn't really know like what I wanted to do and so I got inspired by a couple friends and like a, a mentor of mine to like start a group and just teach people what I wanted to know like what I what I knew and you know what I went through and just give advice. And of course it's like nerve wracking, you know, in the beginning, like you're, you're getting paid for your advice. There's a lot of imposter syndrome and you're wondering if like your stuff works, uh, which is kind of ridiculous because like it obviously works because it got you from here to there. Right. And so um, it was really actually nerve wracking at first. And it was, uh, you know, we launched in March, but I actually started like coaching in December or January, I think. And um, I met um, a girl in the program, a woman in the program named Josie in, Um, shout out to Josie, she was like my first like case study um, student. And so I was just giving her like, one on one trainings for free for like several weeks, really, I think in December and January. Um, And even then, I was like, you know, wondering if what I'm teaching is good, if it's like valid, if it's helpful. Um, But then I would, I just got pushed to just say, you know, screw it, and like try it you know send out the hand raiser see if my list would be interested in that um and i was really surprised you know like a simple hand raiser you know the stuff that i'm teaching y'all now in the new group is like um i was really surprised with like just the response especially because the nomad newsletter um was completely different then from what it is now you know back then it was supposed to be like very digital nomad heavy um it wasn't like a personal brand like it is now but um yeah just sending that hand raiser out at once I sent out that hand raiser and I got the response and I think I got like a hundred or 200 people saying, yes, they'd be interested. I was like, okay, I think there's potential in this. I think I could probably get a few people like maybe, but of course, like I'm still terrified, you know? And so, um, once I created like my Google doc invite and, um, sent out like another hand raiser that was a bit more serious. And I was like, here's everything that's laid out. I remember how terrifying it was when somebody actually said, "I'm in," and I, I, Lee, I actually think you were the first one to say it. and so I probably I, said it several times. <laughs> I probably was like, "He's not replying to me. I'm in. I'm in. Goddamn it, I'm in." Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I was like, so like that's when I think the excitement and like the fear like went into like like overdrive because it's like, oh shit, like somebody's in. Like I have to do this now. You know what I mean? Like whether it's just it's one person or one hundred, I have to do it. And of course, after that initial launch, I got five people in, um, six including uh, like Josie. And so I remember that first month, like I was like really nervous. I think people say in the trainings, like watching the trainings that I seem really confident and things like that. And and I'm I'm really clear and concise, but like they didn't see that I spent like hours trying to be legible and like I went through it a few times and I was nervous as hell um, recording you know, with you and I think Keith was in there and, um, a few others. But then I think the moment that I thought that, okay, this could actually be a little bit bigger. was actually in the second month when, um, I had the option to like, learn more about the program in my PS. Um, and that's something I teach, like the power PS of like, have your list of products here, you know, PS, here's what I can do for you. And then somebody actually responded back. And then like, you know, he wasn't part of the initial launch, but he joined. And then like a week after somebody else joined and I was like, Oh my God, like I'm enrolling people like left and right. Like this could actually be a thing, you know what I mean? Um, and so once I got like seven or eight people in, um, I was like, you know, this is, I think this could be, this could be something, you know? Um, but yeah, it was like, it really was like a, a side project for, um, really all of last year. And so, yeah, it was just, it was absolutely terrifying, uh, but also excited. You know, I I always
0: wondered from the beginning because you, you are really good on camera and in your classes and everything. I was like, I wonder, and I know you just did it for a short time, but do you think like any of that experience from teaching carry it over? Because you kind of like you're that good in presentation. Do you think that had any bearing on
2: your cadence and everything else? Uh, That's an interesting thing because like, not really. (laughs) So I think that the when I was teaching, I actually wasn't like the most confident teacher, you know, I mean, I can teach English and whatnot. But like, I'm not like, I don't think I'm a confident, a good English teacher. Um, but when you're teaching something that you have experience in, then, and you kind of have to trust yourself with what, you know, with, with what you experienced, um, then it kind of flows out a whole lot, right? So I think, for me, the reason why I can convey Confidence or competency on camera or when I'm presenting, I think it's just because I'm, I'm teaching something that I've done, and even sometimes I like seek out other people who have done the same thing. So it's like, oh, okay, like, hey, I I got clients through cold email. Like, did you get clients through cold email? And then they're like, yeah, I got clients through cold email. I'm like, okay, well, th- this works. So I'm just going to teach it, you know. Um, so I don't think it 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 didn't translate as much, you know. I I did like cross coaching as I was like a high schooler and in university. And so like, I do remember seeing myself being more confident doing that just because it's like, you know, my experience, right? So I think, yeah, it didn't come into as much as like the teaching part, but I think it really is just like being comfortable with your experience and just believing that it works.
1: How is that? So that fear that those nerves in the beginning, how is that kind of feeling transformed over time?
2: Yeah, I I think... I think in terms of like running the program, like it, it. I think I'm I'm very confident as a group runner. I think there are times when I feel a little bit nervous with like certain topics, um, because maybe they're a little bit more high level, or it's like how I get nervous with maybe like how can I be, how can I make this more clear, you know, or if I'm wondering if like, if, if, I can be, as concise with it because, you know, I'm a very simple person, I like to break things down. And I'm like, oh, man, is this too complicated? Is This too like, a few steps ahead, you know? Um, So it's that part does come in. Um, Like, when it comes to like the fear of like running the group, it's, I feel very confident with my group. Um, I love it. I know it works. And so I think that's, you know, very similar to being like a copywriter or a freelancer with a skill. It's like, at first, when you get that client, you're like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm nervous. Like, am I going to be good at this?" Right? Um, but then, once you get enough reps in and you see things working, then you start to feel, you know, a lot better. And you know, that's where I'm at right now. And uh, even with things like launching offers and and stuff like that, like there's always fear, you know, with that. You know, even with the the new group, even though I was mainly talking to TNC um, alums, like I was still like nervous launching it, but over the year, I've also tried to launch like new digital products that like some worked out well, some flopped, and like nothing changed, you know, no one hated me. People would still buy from me, people still read my emails. So um, yeah, the fear hasn't really the fear is still there, but it's it's more like if I feel that fear, then I know it to follow it. Because it probably means it's it's a good thing and it's gonna make me a whole lot better.
0: It's Speaking of, uh, like trying different iterations and things that, that may or may not work, like what's your, after you've been doing this for a while now, like what's your thought process? And this could go for like uh, client projects or for the group things. If you have something that doesn't work, like how do you triage that? And like, what's your, what's your process? Like, how do you know how far you should take it? Do you have like a, like a standard, like thought process you run yourself through?
2: Now, you know, in terms of like running the group or like, um, you know, whether it's like launching new products and offers or even doing client work. It's really, I don't know if this sounds good, you know, but like, it's just like an intuition thing. It's and I look at the numbers, and i be honest with myself with it. Um, And I also just understand that if things don't work out, like, that's fine. You know, nothing that we ever do um, is guaranteed to crush, you know, and, you know, I even look at it as like an athlete standpoint. And You know, you look at professional sports and players in the NBA or, um, you know, in world football or whatever, it's like, you're not going to win every game. You go out there, you try your best, like, and, you know, if it fails, then, like, let's go back to the drawing board, right? So, um, really, if I get this vibe that, like, you know, this process isn't working or, like, this, uh, you know, these types of emails aren't really doing it for this client, then it it honestly (laughs) It's only like a few chances. Like I'm not going to be running something for six months and then being like, you know what? I actually think this isn't this isn't right. You know, I have to put on my brain as like a, a marketing uh, you know, a marketer put on my marketing brain and be like, okay, well, you know this. You know, let's let's take this as a test. This test isn't working. Let's see if we can change it. You know, and like let's let's break it down and see like you know what's wrong with it. You know, so like just for example, I remember I tried launching a product um, on like social media. And on, like, how to grow on, like, um, on Twitter and things like that. And he was, like, how to get your first, like, thousand followers on on Twitter or something. And I actually launched it. And I got, like, a bunch of sales. But it, it it wasn't as much as I wanted. And I was, like, okay. Well, I think, obviously, this means that my list isn't coming to me to talk about social media. You know? And I was honest about that, right? So you really have to look at your failures as, like, very strict. And be like, okay, this didn't work out as well as I wanted to. What can I do next? You know, and um, is there something I can tweak? Should I try it one more time? Maybe it's a seasonal thing. Maybe it's a messaging thing. Like, what can I change up a little bit, right? But it really is
1: all about being honest with yourself within like the first like two or three iteration. It's it's amazing insight because so many people will be precious about okay, I'm going to launch X. If it doesn't succeed, like oh oh no, it's like it's amazing yeah if it doesn't succeed you get all this data and you know your audience likes x or y or z um like it's so useful um so it's yeah it's good to hear that's the kind of mindset there it's like it's humbling of course you know
2: um <clears throat> i think anyone who's been in this game long enough is like um launched something that failed or they worked with the client where it, it just the whole thing flopped um yeah really that's just part of it i mean i I'm not afraid to lose. Um, losing sucks, <laughs> um, and there is some hesitation there. But you know, that's that's it. You know, like with every with every failure, you learn more, and it's it's going to get a lot better next time.
0: I do like the sports analogy, and, and like you mentioned the NBA, because those players, if they take a, a, a shot and they miss, they have to the, the next shot. They have to completely clear that out of their heads, which is not an easy thing to do because you got it at the back of your mind that I just. Up the last one, so this one's going to suck too. But it's that, that takes some discipline over time. Do you have any? So you it sounds like you do a lot of like you know the internal thought processes and everything else. Do you have any like like mentors or anybody that you looked up to before that you still go back to now for like a second opinion or third opinion or anybody else that you would like to bounce ideas off on a regular basis?
2: Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's a really good question because I, I'm somebody who really believes in mentorship. Like you know, ever since I could make a dollar. I was looking for um somebody who could tell me what to do whether you know will tell me how to become better as a writer or as a freelancer and so you know there are people who I still go to and I still learn from and I buy all their products and stuff so like someone for example is like Justin Goff um I was in uh, the copy accelerator program uh which I think I think it was copy accelerator light, which I don't think is is running anymore um, I know he exited out of that company, um, but I really enjoy his his stuff. And I, I love his messaging, um, especially after leaving CA, because um, he's all about email list monetization. He's all about having a good, happy, healthy lifestyle where you, you can make money, um, but you're still writing and um, you're just enjoying life. And so I, I really appreciate him. And there's people like Sean Anthony, who is actually the guy who walked me through how to launch the program and just um, just learning from him about, you know, the stuff that, that he does and um, the, you know, as well as the people he's learning from as well, you know, Justin and, and Sean are, are guys who are very upfront with who they're learning from and um, you know, how they get their tactics and methods and mindsets and, stuff and things like that. So um, yeah, those are, those are like two big names that over the last year I've, um, invested the most money with, but also have communicated a whole lot, um, in terms of like, how,
1: how do I grow this idea and you know, where, where, where should I go next? You are being mentored by some big names, but you are also a mentor now as of the last couple of years, how, I mean, you, you got into all of this, um, after teaching into straight into copywriting. And mentoring is a different game, I'm sure. Like, what's what are some of the lessons, and what and what are you enjoying about it? Well, yeah. So I would say the the things I'm definitely enjoying about it is just
2: seeing people grow, and they grow in in different speeds, and they come in at different stages. Um, and so it's really interesting and really fun to see somebody who is like maybe completely new, totally from scratch, and they have this dream and this this idea, this goal that they want to be six to 12 months from now. And to see them, you know, talk to me about what niche they want to work in um, to, you know, landing a client in that niche and then compounding with another client. And then eight, nine months later, they're like, Um, you know, they're traveling, you know what I mean? Or like they they're living the life that they wanted. Like that's for me, that's amazing, just because I, it's, it's not too far from like where I was a couple years ago, You know, I've only been a copywriter for six years. Um, And so just knowing that somebody like learned from me, and was able to change their life, and you know, feels happier, like, that feels amazing, you know. Um, And then it's, it's, super fun like also just helping people who are a bit more experienced cuz it it also makes me reflect on myself of like okay like um what are one or two things i could be doing differently you know how can i like pushing someone from 0 to 1 is like really difficult right like for people who are a bit new like getting that first win is really difficult but for somebody who is a bit more experienced they really just need to switch things up a little bit you know it's one or two tactics um that can like change the game for them. So I love going in and like helping somebody who is already successful. They just need a few tweaks and it's really great to, to see what they're doing. Um, Give them that advice and you know, they're, they're on track. Right. Um, I think the, some of the tough things about it is like, it is like, it is quite, I think there's a bit of pressure there because I I want everyone to succeed. You know, I want everyone to to get that client. I want everyone to to make that 10k or whatever um, their goal is. But you know, it's I think for me it's tough because I I realize that there's only so much I can do. You know, um, I can give as much advice. I can give them templates. I can show them how to create a proposal. I can show them how to 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 send the DMs or to send the cold emails. But at the end of the day, it's like. I can't do it for you. And I wish I could, you know, in a way, even though it'd be exhausting. Um, but it's 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 yeah, I think that's one of the tough things is like knowing that um I can't help everyone, that I can do all I can. But if if you're not willing to you know, going back to the sports analogies, like I can draw up the play, I can make the most perfect um, you know, the play for you to get that shot up, but like if you're afraid to shoot that shot. We can't win, and you're not going to. And so, um, for me, it's also humbling in that sense of just like, um, knowing that I I can't necessarily help everyone. Um, you know, no program out there is like a hundred percent success rate. Um, but you know, everyone who got, who gives a hundred percent will will reach that goal eventually. You know, um, and so yeah, I think that's that's one of the tough things that I've had to go through as as like a mentor and a coach is just like, I'm a, I'm trying to give all I can. I just hope that you can execute enough and you can execute it well and that you're patient enough um, to stay in the game until you get that win.
0: Oh, for sure. I could totally see where it's uh, fulfilling it as it is to help this many people. You also kind of put a little bit of weight on yourself, you know, because like you said, you want to see people succeed and give them all the tools they possibly can. Are you noticing in your, like with the, with the student, I don't call it the student body, whatever we want to call it in the group now, with the uh, let's say like a cross section of the community, are they mostly uh, are they from all different walks? Do you have more people trying to leave corporate life? Like, what what's like a standard journey? And, and if there are uh, is such a thing, um, do you notice any traits that are similar through the group? Like, how's a
2: how's that made up? Like, you know, demographically and background wise, it's very diverse. I would say like um, diverse in every sense of the word that people are, are from everywhere from you know seven continents maybe i don't know i don't know if i have all seven but like um you know they're from all different backgrounds they're in all in different stages um but they all have like this idea of like freedom um i don't think anyone in the program has these massive aspirations of running like this huge 50 100 person like empire I think we've had a few people join who have like this uh, idea of having like a boutique agency, which will give them freedom. But I think everybody has like this idea of simplicity and uh, using this skill to stack on other skills to live a more simple and freedom-based life. Um, and so I really love that. You know, it's 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 great because I think I think my vibe also attracts that type of person. Like I mean, as you said I'm, I'm I'm giving presentations on freaking Google Docs. And um, I just found out how to make a page list like three weeks ago. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's something that's within the group. There's that. It's a lot of people who want simplicity, not easy. They want it simple. Um, and they want like a very, they appreciate real. And, you know, they're kind of like this like anti-guru mentality, which I like too, because I'm not a guru and nor do I want to be. Yeah. That, that was one of the first
0: things that like, uh, a, a tr- besides like our similar past, uh, was, uh, I w I was a member of a couple other groups that were excellent groups, but I just kind of felt like another number in some of them. Uh, and I kind of felt like you were like, you know, obviously you're super relatable, but you're also like this guy's teaching from like, he's just reaching back like a year, you know, he's not so far ahead. And I know there's like a time and place and a value to people that are like super high up and they're experts. I just didn't feel like that was right for me. And and I've noticed that it, with other people in the group too, I, I feel like that's kind of like the group that we've got are, are people that just kind of need the, you know, like the expertise, but you know, we're not like, like Tony Robbins is amazing, but I'm not going to go spend a shitload of money to go see him, even though I'm sure I would come away with it for something. Like I want to, you know, Learn from the guy who was just here like a year ago. That's like not so unreachable. And the guy, like you do now, like the guy who responds to messages. And you know, I think that's that's really served you well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, ran, I run the group in um in a way like uh, and there's always like that saying of uh, be the change you want to see in the world. And I was always thinking, you know, be the coach who you you needed. And so um, I think when I was starting out, I was really intimidated by people who were way more experienced. Um they just seem so professional and they seem so um like I didn't want to look dumb in front of them. And so I didn't want to message them and I couldn't message them personally. So the way I run the group is I I try to make it as approachable as possible. You know and I'm I'm very trying to show people that I'm not not too far ahead of them and I'm not trying to be like anyone that I'm not, you know? And so um, I think that served me like, pretty well. And I think it, it causes a lot of the people in the group to, to be at more ease. Um, and they're not afraid to ask like, you know, dumb questions, quote unquote, dumb questions, you know? And so, um, I, and I love that. I think the, the people in the group who are the most successful or the ones who stay in contact with me, they ask questions whether they think it's dumb. and um, Yeah, I, I, I try to keep it as open as possible for
1: everyone. Honestly, those Google Docs, amazing. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Cool, this is legit info. This is not someone trying to like scam me or anything." I was like, "This, yeah, this is a legit dude." So don't ever change them, please.
2: Yeah, no. And now that I've gone pageless, it's also like a lot better. I think it's so stupid that like I just discovered how to make them pageless. I'm a copywriter, you know, and like I've written like long form sales pages before, which like honestly, I feel like I'd probably still be writing long form sales pages if I discovered how to make Google Docs pageless, But um, yeah, I, for those, I just, I'm also, I use those just to teach what's on my mind. And like, um, I just teach, I'm like, when I'm writing them, I'm creating a flow of like, essentially like, um, what's going on in my mind and then go back and edit it. But yeah, everything that I teach in those docs is is uh, what I do. So
1: yeah, I'm happy like them. Let's, um, if we can go into a little bit more detail on, People that kind of come into the programs, so you've got the nomadic copywriter, Money Mastermind. What are some of the typical you talk about kind of like you can write the play, but it's down to them to execute. What are some of the common mistakes people seem to be making, both like pre coming onto the course, like even stuff you see on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. with people interacting with some of the content you put out, but also um, even once they kind of commit to a program? Yeah. And so
2: I think I think some of the mistakes that people make <clears throat> for sure is thinking that there's like this uh, one size fits all kind of uh, system, you know, of getting clients and, and building a business. You know, you, you go on Twitter or social media and you, you look at Facebook ads and people say, you know, cold DMs suck or content creation sucks or Facebook sucks. Um, in reality, like all that stuff works, you know, um, and I think some of the mistakes that people make in or out of the program is that they they stay they stay using systems that don't necessarily work for them, you know. Um, people get leads and get clients in all different types of ways and they have different messagings and styles that work for them. And so I think people in and out of the program but one thing that that gets them like stuck is just they keep doing something that's not working for them. You know, whether that's um, an avenue of messaging on a particular platform or, um, it's, a uh, you know, the, the social media platform that they're hanging out the most on or the type of content that they're making, you know, and it's like, put on your marketing mind, you know, your marketing hat and think, okay, okay, this isn't working for me. Um, I'm doing everything people are saying and I'm doing everything he's saying, but like, you know, what can I do to modify this? You know? And so I, I've noticed that with, with people both in and out of the program where like they find success after, uh, well, one being really curious and putting on their, you know, thinking like, okay, is this really working for me? How can I modify this? Um, or or what can I do a little bit differently, um, to maybe test this out in a different way. And so being curious is, is really, really a big part of it. You know, not just to be like, okay, this is the only way I'm going to stick to this until forever you know because um, you know people have joined the program and for several months it's like okay maybe this this strategy is not working for them and then we talk and it's like all right we'll try it on LinkedIn instead and then next thing you know they get a client like almost immediately right so it's it's I think that's such like a big thing that a lot of people get stuck in is they think there's only one way to go about it you know um, you know even I think I should probably tell the story more of like I tried growing a brand on Facebook, which was like, okay. But when I got on Twitter, like it blew up for me. So that was like, you know, and I was, people were telling me Twitter sucks for years, which is why I never did it. And so once I switched over, things started working out a little bit more, right? So I think that's, that's such a big thing is like a big mistake that people have is like, there's only one way to grow a business and that you shouldn't test, you know, as marketers, we should be testing like, all the time i mean we should be open to that and yeah not a lot of people are not enough at least
1: so we're, we're mentioning the we're mentioning nomadic copywriter um the money money mastermind it would be great i'm sure there's a couple of people like what the hell are these things um so if you want to give us a bit of a pitch for both and also i think there was a i noticed there was kind of there's the nomadic copywriter but there's also the nomadic freelancer um, so if you also want to kind of distinguish those, that would be great.
2: Yeah. So um, the nomadic copywriter is is really like my first program. I don't know if it, if the term flagship is, is the word because um, it was really in, intended just to be like a side project, um, trying to help people out, give advice and see if I can make an impact in a different way. But uh, the program is essentially a, like a foundational program for people who um, are either aspiring or struggling freelance copywriters sorry freelance email copywriters and email marketers who um, you know, want to learn how to make two thousand to five thousand dollars per month per client writing or or managing emails um, and so um, the I would say that the group right now is probably sixty forty like beginners and those with like at least six months of experience um, there's a few people in the program now who like who joined and they have years of experience like, Um, like Steve's in there and Hira and uh, Kate as well. So so like there's people in there who have uh, just wanted to get some tweaks in and trying to understand like how to get clients, what is like a a comfortable system for them uh, that they can execute every day and continue to get paid. And so yeah, people have goals of reaching just 5k per month on the side all the way to like 15 or 20k. And so um, there are a lot of people in there who have, Exceeded like the 10k goal, and others have um, have started like little boutique agencies, and are now trying like performance deals and, and things like that. So it's really exciting um, just to see everyone's growth. And you know, a lot of people have quit their jobs to become um, full time freelancers. And um, of course, everyone on this call is now traveling the world as a freelancer freelance email expert. So. Um, yeah, that's what uh, TNC is all about. I think the, the nomadic freelancer, I think that was... Um, was that the Facebook I group? I think that was, Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the Facebook group. So the, that was like my free group, which is a little bit inactive right now. No, For no reason other than like, I stopped hanging out on Facebook in January. Um, and so it was called Become a Digital Nomad Freelancer. Um, I tried to change it up. Um, just because like not everybody in there was like trying to be a nomadic freelancer. It was like a, a lot of people who just wanted to learn how to make money online. So I just, I changed up the, the name of it, but I actually might create a new Facebook group because it's a, it's a great way to, to get new leads and build community and things like that. So, um, yeah, slightly different from TNC, but TNC is, uh, <clears throat> the, I guess my mid, my middle ticket offer. People would say. And then, you know, my new product is uh, the Money Menu Mastermind, which is all about how to create uh, leverage products and programs, helping you make money while you sell your advice. Um, and so that's for people who are um, a bit more experienced. Uh, they perhaps have an audience or want to have an audience and they want to step away from the client grind, very similar to where I was about a year and a half ago. So um, people who want to learn how to create leverage products and um, make more money. And so, um, yeah, that's just starting up right now and I'm really excited about it. It's something that I have a lot of experience in over the last few years, especially running my own products the last month, year and a half. So, yeah, if anyone's interested, like send me a message. And we're uh, we're both a testament to that, too, uh, because
0: it's funny how you go from like no clients to like, am I am I doing the right thing? Is this going to work out? And then now, uh quite honestly, I'm I'm overworked at least. Uh I work seven days a week now. So so yes, uh, if anybody's interested, they should check out your program because that's the next step for me. Any clients who are listening right now is uh <laughs> getting rid of all of you eventually here. But but it, it's a testament to both of your programs, it really is, because uh I you know I started with zero, now I'm uh i making more money than I was at my old job. Uh and turning clients away. So, so your, your flagship program worked for me and and we're excited to get away from uh, all the clients and move on to the next level also. So we're, we're not only fans of it, but we're, we're in the middle of it. So uh, we'll have to have another checkpoint
1: here, see how we're doing a little bit down the road. On that note, it, it, it would be amazing to, cause we obviously we know some of them, but I'm sure our audience would love to hear a little more about some of the wins you've had in the, Um, nomadic copyright because there's been some really cool stories over the last 12 months
2: yeah for sure for sure and so um i can pull out like a few just like some of some of the ones that i'm like just a big favorite of you know of course like lee is um has been like well both you guys (laughs) have been um shared a whole lot to my audience you know lee came in um something completely different you know within a year was making a very nice like five figure monthly income um reese as well like i still remember it was like april 2022 20, and you were just calling me on your way back home and i could hear the rain uh that london rain you're coming back from work it sounded like you were just busy it sounded like you were in a suit i know that sounds ridiculous but it just <laughs> sounded like you were in a suit
1: the london, um, london look
2: yeah and so like yeah. I, and then, you know, within like a few months, you know, less than a year, I, you know, you sent that message where you were like in Portugal and Cyprus and things like that. Like, I absolutely love that. Um, and then you were able to out earn and, you know, earn double than what you were taking home at your day job. And um, I love stories like Shane O'Neill, who he came in with no marketing experience at all. Um, he took everything with the program, like down to a T, you know, executed it all perfectly. Um, even with the whole like, Hey, pick a niche. That's really weird that you're interested in. And, you know, of course he is now working for one of the best, like biggest Brazilian jitsu personal brands. Um, and he's, I honestly think within a year, he's going to be like dominating um, that space. And like, probably I hope to be managing a bunch of like the big jitsu brands. So uh, not just personal brands, but maybe apparel and things like that as well. And so, Um, And there's also um, this guy named Johnny T. He doesn't want, (laughs) he doesn't want me to say his last name, but um, he's a really good guy, kind of like a bodybuilder powerlifter dude who, um, yeah, we started working together back in January this year. And then really quickly, he's like, he's very much like Lee, who is like a big implementer checks in every so often and comes in with like a big win, you know, and he, He's making now around fourteen thousand a month, um, writing in the dentistry niche, um, doing things for like local practices. I think that's the term. Um, but yeah, I think um, all those people have been like amazing. And then, of course, like I guess the recent ones as well. You know, Hira Osama. She is um, um, an amazing woman from from Pakistan, and you know, she's a mom. She's a busy mom and um, has has had experience as a freelance copywriter for a few years, but had a few sticking points. And now just two months later, she's booked out. Um, She's already turning clients away. And yeah, I'm just super proud of the work that she's done as well. So yeah, those are just a few of the wins. And yeah, I hope that showed you a little bit of the diversity in the program as well of like, you know, people have come in and from different backgrounds and different stages. So
0: and aside from the learning uh, aspect of it, uh, and we don't have to get into too much detail because of our current positions. But Just the networking, you know, like for example, you you mentioned Hira and uh and James. Um they they work for me now, you know, and it it was really nice for me to be able to like reach back into the group and and I knew I was getting a quality quality writers. You know, we sent out some test projects, they nailed it, and uh so that that's nice too. I think that the that connection aspect And, and obviously uh, the biggest connection is, is just me and Reese coming into the group together and doing what we're doing now. So like, there's the, there's a learning aspect too, but you develop friendships and networking opportunities that, that you'll never find anywhere else.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's what, that's really one of the best things about, um, a community is like, you know, the people that you meet in these programs, some of them are going to be friends for life, you know? Um, you know, even now, we had a call with uh, uh with Nick Yates, who's a fa- this fantastic email marketer, and even one of somebody in his program. It was somebody I was in a program with Eddie, um, Eddie Burren and I was just like, oh, oh, Eddie's there too, you know. And I I've known Eddie for a few years, like since 2019, I think. We were in a in a very close mastermind together, and so yeah, it's it's such a nice way to to be in the trenches with with different folks and just seeing how people grow you know and um yeah i'm so happy you guys have connected i know even right now um two people cc and josie are about to meet in vienna um like this weekend i think and uh yeah it's really
1: cool cool um so we got a couple more to kind of bring it back out a bit um the kind of journey obviously on twitter or any social media network anyone who has managed to build a lifestyle business it is the dream like you know there's no there's no it picture or anything that makes us think oh i don't want that lifestyle it's very very appealing and typically we kind of for a lot of people we see the highlight reel i think in a lot of your posts you've still been pretty authentic about the fact that it's it's not like the perfect lifestyle do you want to touch on some of the kind of struggles that you've had throughout this whole process? Yeah. In terms of just like having this lifestyle business,
2: for sure. I mean, um, you know, first and foremost, I absolutely love it. You know, I, I love having this freedom and um, being able to see so many amazing places. You see, see so many like beautiful people and just, you know, the freedom to be anywhere. Like, you know, what a time to be alive. And what a, what a thing that we get to do is just to write and be places and Uh, You know, make a business where, you know, you can uh, be super busy and have, you know, work seven days a week and make good money and um, scale from that. Take clients down and then, um, you know, try to build something on the side. But of course, like nothing's perfect. You know, I think there are things that I miss about having like a very stable life. And I got like a good taste of that when I was in Atlanta, you know, in the U.S. really this summer when I was able to, you know, go to a gym regularly that I enjoyed or I was able to train jujitsu regularly in a gym and I didn't feel like the new guy everywhere I went Um, and of course like making friends you know it's like um, digital nomad life is one of those things where you just meet a lot of single-serving homies you know it's people who you may hang out with for a day or two or for a week or a month maybe a few months Um, but then you know that's. Then it's essentially over. You know, now you're just Instagram homies, and you know you like each other's tweets and things like that. And so I think that it's it's not not the most perfect lifestyle. You know, it's as we see on on Instagram and you know even on Twitter and other platforms, like people like to flex it, and the pictures look really good. But you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's tough uh, that comes with it. You know, um, and yeah, you know, even though I love traveling, I'm going to Barcelona next week and. I have plans to go uh, back to Southeast Asia in a few months. It's like, sometimes I I would really like to just be in one place, focus on work, um, train regularly, and like, you know, start to put down some roots. But um, yeah, I mean, even when I was in the States, I, and I was there, it was nice. But then I was like, Oh, man, I really, really wish I could go to Italy right now. You know what I mean? So Sometimes the, the grass is always greener.
0: No, it's funny how that works. Like, uh, whatever I'm doing at the time, like, you know, it's, it's a human thing. I just start listing out all the things that I like, because like you being back in the US, I'm like, uh, I go to the same store every day. I've got my gym, everything's, you know, at, and then, of course, after a while that you start to get the itch and you want to get back out again. But with all that in mind. Like what is, you know, uh, what is like a day look like for you? And then when you do need to unwind or you do need to take a step back from everything, like, do you have any rituals? Uh, I know you, you're into jujitsu and everything else, but like, what is like in a nutshell, like your typical day look like?
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, a typical day for me, um, it can depend on if I have any big projects going on, if I have like, you know, if it's a, uh, but like I would say typically I usually wake up around like six thirty or seven, um, and go for you know have like a little morning routine. It's nothing too intense or guru entrepreneury. It's just have some black coffee, sit in silence, uh, go for a walk, come back, shower up, start work, um, and then yeah, it's just deep work for about four like three four hours. And during that time, I get a lot of client work done. Um, then I take some time to to answer all the messages and Discord from the communities, and then I'm in um, create content for myself, and then. You know, and that, that includes, like, my social content and then my email list. Um, and then really within, like, five hours, maybe by 1 o'clock, 2 p.m., I'm pretty much done with everything that, like, I would say needs to be done. Um, then I sporadically check Discord to see if anyone responds. Um, but then during that time, like, maybe I'll go work out. Um, maybe I'll go on another walk. Maybe I'll just relax. Um then I'll go to Jiu Jitsu usually in the evening. Um, and then you know during that time, I would say from like that early afternoon to like late afternoon, um, it's pretty open. So I could be doing anything in that time. and um, if I have a big project, then I just dedicate more time to to that project. You know, like I won't relax and hang out from like one from you know two to four. And during that time, i'm I'm back to working on the projects. But I do have like a hard cutoff, typically at like 5 p.m. Um, and, and, you know, even <laughs> when I'm not doing like any big projects, then like that cutoff is like two or 3 p.m. It's like, you know, I think when I was in Thailand, I, I didn't have any huge projects going on. And so like my days were typically done by like two or three. Um, during that time I would like go to the beach or um, do a jujitsu session or something like that. But yeah, and then the evening is just like whatever I want to do. I try to eat early and then try to go to sleep by like 10:30 or 11 or so. But um, the most important part of my day is like the the morning where I, I do the deep work for four hours because I, I really think that if you you focus and you have the right systems and you know what to work on first, then you can get a day's work of a day's work done within those four hours. and then you have those extra hours in the afternoon where you can, focus on anything you want to do, whether it's more work or personal things. Um, And yeah, I love helping people like create that kind of life because yeah, it's nice to have like an afternoon open to where you can,
1: you know, improve personally or professionally. There's nothing quite like it. We've talked about um, your story, how you got to where you are now, copywriting, but also mentoring and coaching through the Nomadic Copywriter and the Money Many master Mind. And we would love to know like, what's on the horizon like you you kind of start the nomadic copyright i think it was kind of going kind to of be a side hustle and it's actually it is now your middle ticket offer you've got a higher ticket offer like is there something even now you've got those in in place and rolling are you kind of thinking longer term
2: yeah i think so you know i i'm gonna i you know for the future the whole plan is to grow those um i do want to have like um just run things through my email list um, be on social media, maybe even like not even need to be like a big brand. You know, I think the crazy thing is like with the changes to to social media and like to to Twitter and X and things like that, it's shown that like, you know, you don't need to have a massive audience to make a really good income. You know, um, I know people who have less than 5,000 followers who are making like 50 K a month, uh, but they're just doing it in different ways. And so, you know, my whole thing is right now is, um, helping everyone inside the, inside the nomadic copywriter, um, help everyone in the money menu mastermind and grow that as well. Um, continue growing my email list, create new products and offers, um, and just grow, you know, everything within the, the nomad sphere that I have going on. Um, but then I, I honestly, I still love writing copy. I still love, I like doing client work with clients I actually enjoy. And so, even when people ask me what I do, I still say I'm a I'm a copywriter, you know. And so um, I think there's always going to be that element of me like wanting to partner up and manage an email list and things like that. So um, for me, right now, I'm having a lot of fun doing that, um, growing what I got, and yeah, teaching fantastic people like y'all. Awesome!
1: Super excited to see it all come to fruition.
0: Well, oh, man, it it's been awesome, man. It's 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 just surreal that we're all sitting here together right now. And look, uh, look, look where we've all look or look pat myself on the back. Look where we've all made it a <laughs> year's time. Uh, but it would be awesome uh, that if we have another checkpoint. You know, obviously, we all know each other. We'll keep in touch. But thanks for uh, giving us your your time here because, you know, yeah, like, we're you. all friends. But to lock you into a, a call like this and I know that a lot of the people that we know, like, all our mutual friends in our groups and everything. They haven't heard you in a, on a podcast in a while. And, and this has been an amazing catch up and just kind of see where we're all at. So to be continued, my friend,
2: this was awesome. Yeah. To be continued. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me and I'm looking forward to growing with y'all even more. Thank you, Francis.